In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I said in the introduction to the Sunday of the Adoration of the Holy Cross, and um, it's the middle of Great Lent. It's kind of like we've been climbing up a hill at the top of and now we're going to sort of, well, it won't be a coast, but we're on our way down towards Pascha. And so we're focusing on the cross. Jesus' words in the Gospels, his first words. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's one word there which is very important. It's the first word of the sentence. If. If. And it reminds us that uh, Jesus doesn't compel anyone to do anything. If anyone will come after me. It's a choice that we make whether we take up our crosses or not. Very different to the way of the world. I was thinking of a, a, um, a cartoon that I saw many, many years ago when the Soviet Union was threatening Hungary when they were trying to get their free, freedom. And they had this picture of all these men with big coats on and big hats on and huge badges which said, make love, not war, or we kill you. <laughs> it's kind of compulsion there. If you don't do what I say, you know, you're in trouble. But Jesus never does it. There's no compulsion in Christianity. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And I was thinking, what, what does it mean to take up our cross? Many years ago, there was a man called Arthur Blessed, and he carried a cross around the world. I mean, he literally took a cross. He took it on the plane with him, took it on ships, took it wherever he went, all around the world. Is that what it means to be to take up our cross? It worked for he. He felt that God called him to do that. He did it. Um, does it involve coming to church? Yeah, that's part of it. Venerating the cross, that's part of it. But it's more. It's more than the rituals. There's more here in taking up our cross than doing just that. And I thought to myself, what's a good picture? Is there a picture of someone who actually took up their cross and followed Christ that we can latch onto? I think in pictures rather than words. So I was looking for a picture. And I came, I was prompted to think about a particular saint who lived from 1846 to 1920. And his name was Saint Nectarios, or of Aegina, where his monastery is. And he's one of the saints that I pray to most days. He's the patron saint of cancer. And uh, why have I picked him to be the example of someone who took up their cross and followed Christ. If we know much about him, um, we would understand why I've picked him. If you go to his monastery in the island of Aegina, which I haven't been, but I've heard somebody has told me that it's there, you'll find um, a picture of a cross which 
he painted himself. And underneath the cross, um, it actually says these words, which he painted under the, under the cross. The cross, a part of my life. And when you look at his life, you see the whole of his life was a cross. He was born into a poor family, but he was quite a brilliant young man. He studied and he became a monk just before, his, about when he was about 39 years old. And he was so effective in his ministry, he was sent to um, Alexandria, served in Alexandria, so effective in his ministry, he loved the poor, he served the poor, um, he had miracles, all sorts of things were going on. And um, they made him eventually a bishop. They ordained him, and he became a bishop, one of the bishops in Alexandria. But because of the success he was having, because of the love of the people for him, the clergy turned against him. This is the church turned against one of their bishops. And they persecuted him. And they told wrong, they told uh, untrue stories to the patriarch. And the patriarch anathematized him defrocked him, sent him out of Egypt back to Greece. And back there, his reputation from, um, from North Africa followed him, this bad reputation. And he found it very difficult for many, many, many years. He struggled all those years. But he never gave up. He never gave up. He just kept on keeping on, despite everything. And then in 1920... He died of uh, prostate cancer in a hospital in Athens. And the, the nuns were preparing his body and they took off his shirt and they put, it, they put it on the bed next to him where there was a man who was paralyzed. The man leapt out of bed, healed just from having the touch of St. Nectarius's shirt. So, having carried the cross all his life, he then became a miracle worker. And there's been thousands of miracles related to St. Nectarius since his death, and even during his lifetime. So what did he do? What was his... What was his uh, method of carrying the cross? It was, he never gave up. He continued his life. He picked up his cross, he carried it, despite everything, despite the church turning against him, despite the patriarch turning against him, despite his fellow priests turning against him, despite people turning against him, because of the reputation that came with him from North Africa. And he just kept following Christ. That's what it means to take up our cross and follow Christ. And you often meet people who something bad's happened in their life. Somebody's died very close to them. Something terrible's happened. And they say, well, I've given up on God because he didn't look after me. Well, if you want a picture of somebody who take, took up their cross and followed Christ, it's Saint Nectarius. I mean, you can't think of anybody... I can't, I couldn't think of anybody who's a better example than St. Nectarius for us to picture um, uh, in our minds when we think about what it means to take up our cross. 
Saint Nectarius describes his life, uh, his life. We have within us deeply rooted weaknesses, passions and defects. That this cannot all be cut out with one sharp motion. We wish that, you know, God, somebody would lay hands on us or we get baptized uh, or whatever and everything's right again. But he's saying that's not the way it is. It cannot all be cut out with one sharp motion. But patience, persistence, care, and attention, the path leading to perfection is long. That's what he says. Now for ourselves, I've already announced this in the weekly bulletin, if you've read it, but we're going to have to leave this lovely building and go into a Uniting Church Hall not far from here, 10 minutes walk from here, the week after next. And you'd think, well, gosh, it's so nice here. Why do we have to go over there? It's going to be hot in summer. It's going to be cold in winter. It's going to be challenging. But there's a principle here. Our culture today works on the utilitarian uh, belief system. We do what's best for the most people. Um, But that's not the way Jesus works. Jesus, if there was one soul, he would do what he had to do for that one soul. Like the story of the lost sheep. He went after the one lost sheep. So our congregation has been separated because of the rules of the university about vaccination. So it's been going on for um, six months now. I've asked the university three times when they're going to sort of get over this um, rule because all the other churches, all the other churches now, it's open for everybody. But because we're on the campus, we're limited. And they told me on Friday this week that um, they can't see it changing in the near future. They want to get through the winter with the current regime of vaccinations and so on. So we have to pick up our cross. And we have to take it to the Uniting Church. We have to be cold in the winter. We have to be cold, hot in the summer if we're there that long. I don't know how long it's going to take. But this is all part of our challenge. I don't know. Uh, I mean, God is sovereign. He's allowed the pandemic. He's allowed our government to have these rules. He's allowed the university to have its rules. We have to live with it. This is part of our cross. And we don't give up because it's hard. This is the challenge. Um, Because we want to get the others who have been going to St. Paul's on Saturday mornings with Father Nicholas every week. We want to bring us all back together, especially for Pascha, especially for Holy Week. Because we can't have two services down there, um, or a service here and a service down there, because St. Paul's is using the church down there anyway. So we'll all be back together for starting on um, the Sunday of St. Mary of Egypt and then from then on. And I've told the university that we'll do it on a month-by-month basis. So uh, we'll let them know month-by-month what we're doing, depending on what they've decided. But we will still do Vespers here on Saturday nights. Um, One little thought that uh, came to me um, actually, I got it out of my diary. It's not out of the Bible, but I thought, well, it's encouraging. 
Um, we, we're kind of going against the stream in a way because the university wants us to go like this, but we're going to, we're going to buck the trend in a way. We're going to go somewhere else to have our worship for a while. And I read in my diary, it said, uh, a dead fish goes with the flow. Only a live fish can go against the flow. I, think, I believe God's called us to do this, and uh, I believe he'll uh, enable us to do it and give us the means of doing it. We will need some help to make the move, so please um, be willing to help if, you, if you're available. We've got to move a lot of equipment over there, and then we're going to have to be setting up every Sunday. There's no chairs laid out in the hall. We've got to, we've got to put those up every week, put them all down again, put stuff away, bring it out, and so on and so on. But we're very fortunate to find the space so close to the university so the students can sit there, short walk over there, and so on. So um, uh, are we all willing? It's only if you don't have to. There's no compulsion. I haven't got a big badge on saying do this or I'll kill you. Are we willing to do this? Are we willing to pick up our cross and move over there? You don't have to answer that now. I'll see you in the next few weeks whether you're willing or not. So as we think about these words of Jesus, uh, if anyone will follow after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Um, think about this, this saint, Saint Nectarius, um, who really did give us a picture of what it means to take up our crosses and follow him. Whatever happens to us, whatever goes wrong, we keep going until our last breath, following Christ. May God help us to do this. Amen. And actually, one more thing I meant to mention. I, the thing that triggered me to talk about him was that there's a new film coming out called The Man of God, produced by a Serbian uh, Orthodox girl. Uh, her surname is Popov- Popovich, Elena Popovich, and she was called to make this film of Saint Nectarius, the man of God. It's just been uh, being shown in America at the moment, and uh, it'll be coming to Australia very shortly. And so if you hear about it, let me know, because I want to take the whole congregation to see this film about this godly man, and uh, to learn more myself how I can carry my cross through my lifetime. May God help us to do that.